Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. We have a very special guest today. He's one of my podcasting heroes. He's the one that inspired me to try podcasting back in the day a few times, and I failed horribly. But I think I've got it now. I'm nearly 100 episodes, so um, everybody, welcome Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for having me here. I'm delighted. Became aware of you back in the day when Lost was on TV with the the Lost Weekly Lost podcast of yours. What inspired you to start that? Well, I was pretty much a early adopter of technology. Always excited about the new things that you can do online with computers and just tech in general. So I had already discovered podcast as a listener. And I had a blog at the time that I had been doing since 1996 and not had much luck of getting a a worldwide audience that was really interested in what I said. I think I had about 150, 200 people who were reading my blog on a pretty consistent basis. But I had uh, left some audio feedback for one of the podcasts devoted to the law to lost the lost TV show, if you will. Right. And when I left some audio feedback, it was a three minute audio clip that summarized a blog post that I wrote about my theory about this TV show lost. And they played my audio feedback in that podcast, which had a worldwide audience in the tens of thousands. And um, I started getting about over a thousand views per day, not per month, but per day on my website. That's great. Uh, Entertainment Weekly or EW.com did an article based upon my theory. And I began to get a lot of requests from people saying, hey, why don't you create your own podcast? I mean, gosh, I I loved hearing just the three minutes that you did on that show. I I think you'd be great to have your own podcast. So that's that's what got me excited. And then it evolved into something so much bigger because at the time you were doing insurance and and doing fairly well. And eventually you made a jump to do the podcasting full time. Tell us about that journey a little bit. Yeah. So I started podcasting. Like I said, it was just a hobby for me. It was just playing around. Didn't have any intention of trying to create any sort of business or anything. But as a result of creating that podcast, I had people starting to ask myself questions related to the things that I was talking about. So I did the Lost podcast with my wife, Stephanie, and with the themes of each of the episodes that we were discussing, they had topics like all good. The Matter of fact, titles of episodes were all good cowboys have daddy issues which, of course, who doesn't have occasional stories related to daddy issues? Um, And we shared our own personal experiences and how we related to what was being told in the characters of the story. There is another episode titled Tabula Rasa, which is the theme of starting over with a clean slate. You know, these people had some past experiences in life that might have quote-unquote, determined what their future was. But on the island, nobody knew what their past was, so they could, quote-unquote, start over with a clean slate. So, you know, just talking about different things like that and how we relate to that and the ideas, people began to email me and ask me all sorts of questions. Like, man, I listened to the way you and your wife talk. Tell me, how did you guys get to the place where you you have this openness in the way that you communicate with one another? How did you learn to communicate so effectively in your in your marriage? 
you talked about such and such when when it comes to how you handle situations with your kids. Here's a situation that I have. How would you handle that? Uh, we talked about financial stuff. People said, man, we, you mean to tell me that you and your wife are debt-free? How on earth did you ever accomplish that? So people were coming to me all the time asking me for advice and wisdom on various aspects and, and areas of their lives. And one thing that you haven't mentioned is I did have insurance as a career. I was working in my mom and dad's family. It was a family-run insurance agency that started by my grandfather in 1937. And I was an insurance agent, but on the side going outside of that, I was actually an associate pastor in a small Christian church as well. And so I had a heart for serving people and having a powerful and positive uh, inf impact in people's lives. And what I realized is that, oh my gosh, I'm having, I have the opportunity to have ongoing, authentic, genuine, real relationships and conversations with people about the things that matter most in their lives. Where even in my traditional ministry experience for years, it, it so much of that seemed surface level. Uh, so, I mean, this was like, Wow, this is in my heart. This is more means more to me than my career as an insurance agent. This means more to me than my role, if you will, the official capacity in which I was involved in the church. It's like this. I began to ask myself, what would life look like if I could do this for a living instead? Back in those days, I didn't think or dream that it would be possible to get paid just to have encouraging conversations with people. So I said, well, how could I make it possible so that I could actually free up my time to create as much content as I want so that I could spend as much time engaging with people via email so that I could engage in conversation and create community around the different various topics for which I podcasted about. And I, one thing came to my mind, I could pay for that by becoming known as a podcast coach and consultant. I can teach people how I create podcasts. Before I left my career as an insurance agent, I had been podcasting for two years at that point. And during those first two years of podcasting, I had already started over 10 different podcasts and I've already, I had already produced well over a thousand podcast episodes. I mean, I'm, I started in December, 2005. It's currently April, 2020. And so far, I've produced over 35 different podcast shows and well over 5,000 podcast episodes at this point. So I have a lot of experience in launching different podcast shows, creating content, getting over all of the technical hurdles and issues. And so what allowed me to leave my career as an insurance agent was to um, go ahead and teach people how to podcast and get paid to do that. And your mic has the, the name of that that consulting podcast answer man I, I i always love that name and that that's what you were you were a great resource and still are a great resource to many podcasters a couple of big podcasters here in salt lake that have seen you in person just just rave about you um chris hollyfield he has the i am salt lake podcast and he's been doing it for years he's got four over 400 shows and then um uh, Richie T. Stedman, he was a radio producer here in town, and he just crossed 400 with his religion podcast, the uh, Culture Hall podcast. So 
I just wanted to mention them because they thought so highly of you when they've seen you in person at, at a podcast movement. Um, speaking of events, we haven't had many lately. What What are some of the past events that you've really enjoyed going to and um, putting together? Uh, events that I've enjoyed going to. Back in the day, the old Blog World events, New Media Expo, were always nice. I remember my very first one of those was in New York City. I think that was 2010. June of 2010 was an incredible event, um, and I, I went to all of the Blog World New Media Expos after that, all the way until the final one that they had. And then I've been to every social media marketing world event that they've had so far. I've actually had the privilege of speaking at all of those. Uh, it's hosted by my friend Michael Stelsner from socialmediaexaminer.com. Uh, I attended and spoke at all of the platform conferences by Michael Hyatt. He wrote a book called Platform, Getting Noticed in a Noisy World. It was a, a New York Times bestselling book, and he created that event related to that. So I, I enjoyed going to all of those. And then um, Tony Robbins, I think, Unleash the Power Within is my favorite event of all events that I've ever attended just as an attendee. And I've been to that twice. I took my wife down to Dallas, Texas in June 2016. And then um, I think it was in 2000, the summer of 2017, I took uh, my oldest daughter and my son and one of my best friends went to Chicago for Unleash the Power Within. Awesome. And then um, recently you've started throwing your own events. Um, uh, tell us about that. Uh, Freeing the Dream, I believe. Yeah, free, yeah, it's free, free the dream. Yeah, free the dream conference. So I, when I left, unleash the power within by Tony Robbins, in June of 2016, I left there saying, "Oh my gosh, I want to create an event like this, that has this focus on mindset." See, one of the things that I learned from Tony Robbins is that success in any area of life is 20% skill, strategy, technique or knowing how to do something. And 80% of success is the mindset, getting yourself to follow through and do the things you already know you ought to do. And mindset is where most people fail. Uh, they get stuck in a pattern of emotional responses to life, and they don't know how to manage that. And as a result of that, they get stuck. Or if they move forward and get some momentum, they usually self-sabotage themselves because of what Gay Hendricks calls an upper limit challenge. They haven't, they've got some programmed beliefs that they've been carrying around their entire life that holds them back to experiencing life at a lim in a limited way. And so I'm like, man, I want to help people understand these principles and understand these philosophies. And so I came out of that event and I was like, man, you know what? I want to spend the next 30 years of my life doing what Tony Robbins has done for the past 30 years of his life. And I, uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was to create an event. So Free the Dream Conference was my version of his Unleash the Power Within. In fact, I, I just became a massive student of all the things that Tony Robbins teaches. I, I spent thousands of hours over the next several years studying all of his courses, all of his materials, and, and then putting that together and combining it with all sorts of other things like The Big Leap and uh, by Gay Hendricks, Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, 
Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret, all of these other personal and professional development books and materials and resources and courses, and not to mention my own experiences in life. And I realized, wow, I could develop an entire community of people who would want to hear these same mindset techniques, strategies, tools, and tips and stuff like that. But they would love to hear it from my perspective, you know, using my stories, my experiences with it. And and the, I'm able to reach an audience of people who, when I tell them, you need to go to check out this thing from Tony Robbins, you need to, you know, Tony Robbins is great. They're like, Cliff, I really appreciate that. But unfortunately, I'm never going to listen to Tony Robbins for X number of reasons. Some people really don't like his language. Sometimes he uses a lot of cursing in the things that he does. Some of the stories that he tells might be a little bit more on the offensive end for some people on, on a, a certain area. Some people who are of uh, very deep faith may not uh, like the fact that he uses some of the more new age language sometimes versus the very you know orthodox Christian language or whatever. So there's there's just a number of reasons why some people may not actually resonate with how Tony Robbins teaches, but man, what he teaches would transform their lives if they could just get over that. And so um, I found... For me, when I first started thinking about creating my own events, like, man, who's going to – why would anybody come to my event when they could just go to Unleash the Power Within? And then it just became obvious. There's people out there I, that, that not in a million years would they go to Unleash the Power Within, but they would come to – some of those people would come to my event. And so that's what, that's what Free the Dream was. Uh, I started that in September 2018. My wife and I did. Had an incredible experience our first year, 87 people from around the world. So we actually had people from Germany, France, Australia, and all over the United States and Canada. And then we did it again, Free the Dream 2019 last year, had 117 people the second year. Again, international audience. We had people last year was from uh, Germany, Australia. Um, I can't think if there was some, I think there was one other country, but anyway, and then all over the United States and Canada again, and then we were scheduled to have free the dream 2020 this year. But of course we're currently in the midst in the, I guess maybe the early stages of the, the, the new normal that is brought about by the coronavirus COVID-19. Uh, and so there are no conferences in person that are happening. So we de we made the decision to shut down Free the Dream for the time period, uh, for the time being, uh, which is perfectly fine for us. That it's it's not what I was hinging all of my income upon or anything like that. But um, yeah, that's what Free the Dream was. And are our past conferences available for people to watch, or is it kind of there and and done? It it's. They're available if people desperately want it. There, it, it's available. Matter of fact, I can tell you, just go to mindsetanswerman.com/free, and that way you can get a feel for yourself whether or not it would be something you're even interested in. You can go uh, at mindsetanswerman.com/free. The, there's a 90-second video clip, and if that 90-second video clip doesn't hook you, then don't even worry about it. However, my guess is that if you go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free and you watch that 90-second video clip, you'd love to watch the entire opening keynote address that I did for Free the Dream, which is available for free 
if in exchange for your email address. And of course, I think if you go in there, there may be a link at the end of the free video uh, that you could get access to the online course. I do not market it right now, uh, simply because it's just not it's not my focus at this time in right. this season of my life. But it it is available. And if anybody desperately wants it and you can't figure out how to get to it after you watch the free video, just email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. I'll send you a link where you can buy it. Okay. And recently I started a, a video series where I'm interviewing past guests about how they're dealing with the quarantine. I call it quarantined creativity. Um, well, and you've been working at home for years and close with your family that way. How are things affecting you um, with the the, the shut-in virus stuff? They, my, there is a little bit of change for me, but my life almost has been completely untouched by the coronavirus personally. Uh, the type of business that I have is, has been online. I've been working from home since January 2008, so that's no different for me. Uh, my wife has been a stay-at-home mom since our oldest child was, or since, well, let's put it this way, for well over 18 to 20 years. So we've both been at home all the time. Um, our oldest daughter, who is in college, did come home from her dorm, and so she's back at home, but which is kind of nice. So it's actually one way that's been a change, but it's it's kind of nice to have her under the roof again with us. Um yeah, and my, my business has been virtual, so I do coaching and mastermind groups, and that's what I've been focused on over the past two years. I no longer teach people how to create podcasts anymore. I did that for over a decade, and two years ago, I read the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and decided I never want to teach somebody how to podcast again, and I, I never want to answer questions like, what cable do I need? What mixer do should I have? What how do I get this buzzing sound out of my podcast? Th those things just, I, after you help, a, I've helped over 40,000 people launch a podcast in about 12 years. And I just like, I'm done with that part of my life. Cool. So I made a transition that about two years ago, two and a half years ago, that I want to just do mindset coaching. And I created two different mastermind groups called the Next Level Mastermind. I have an AM one group that meets in the morning, one group that meets in the evening, and we meet once a week. And I have three to five one-on-one -on -one coaching clients that um, are. The, and I my my pricing is pretty much high on the very high end of things. So I I basically meet with people via Zoom calls, and you know everybody's talking about Zoom these days. I've been using Zoom for the last several years of my life anyway. So my that the only thing that's changed for me is I used to go to the gym every single day, six days a week minimum, uh, and work out at Planet Fitness or some other local gym. And that's really the biggest thing that I miss is that I don't go to the gym anymore. But I have a gym in my house, so I can work out here. Uh, and if the weather's nice enough, I'll go out for a five-mile walk or I'll get on my bike and go for a you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, or 50-mile ride. That's another thing I wanted to touch upon was your weight loss because you, back in the day, you were a much larger gentleman and now you're a, a slim hunk. <laughs> um, what, what was that journey like? Well, it, it was... Uh, it, for me, I've always been interested in helping people pursue the life for which they were created. So a very faith-based oriented message, right? Right. And I, I guess for some reason, I, I never really thought about, gave myself much thought. I, I 
growing up as a young adult, I was told that, you know, you're, these are your genetics that you've been dealt with. And this is, this is just how you are. And so I never really considered my weight all that much. When I left my day job as an insurance agent and started working for myself that first year, there was so much I didn't know. I'd spent an entire lifetime working as an employee. So when I became full-time self-employed, I struggled that first year. In fact, if you go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free, you'll, you'll understand just how bad we suffered. Uh, it, it, it was a lot. But I made it through that year uh, and, and just barely came out alive. And that's not an exaggeration. I, I, in, after my first year, I, I spent uh, two weeks in the hospital where I almost died as a result of just being physically exhausted, physically ill, and uh, just destroying my body internally due to stress, anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, and everything else. Now, don't get me wrong. It was still the most fulfilling year of my life. I'd never had so much joy over doing what I felt most called to do in this world. And I was learning and I was growing. But everything that I did, all of my time, effort, and energy went into figuring out business, figuring out products, sales, marketing, all of this stuff. And I paid no attention to the fact that I'm working around the clock and I have no physical activity and I eat crap all day, every day. So over time, I'm sitting here becoming more and more, after that first year, I, I started to really get involved in personal and professional development. I talked about the Tony Robbins stuff from 2016, but way before I really got into the Tony Robbins stuff, I was already into this Earl Nightingale, the uh, the Strangest Secret, and Napoleon Hill, uh, which is Think and Grow Rich, and uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who wrote the book Thou Shall Prosper, uh, Dan Miller, who wrote the book 48 Days to the Work You Love, the four-hour work week by Timothy Ferris, T. Harv Eckers, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I mean, I could go on and on and on. All of these books that I was reading that was radically transforming my mindset and the way that I think about approaching success in life. And as I was breaking through to new levels of success, financially, my income was just going through the roof. So much so that I built my podcast coaching and consulting business to over a half million dollar a year business. And financially, it was it was great. However, uh, after I, you know, that was after I got out of the hospital. That's when things went on the major upswing. But during that same period of time, I was struggling with an up and down battle in my health and fitness journey. You know, I'd, I'd take some strides and I'd have six or eight or nine months where I would work out pretty consistently, eat pretty healthy, lose a lot of weight. Then I'd gain it all back and I would, you know, I'd get sick and I'd be out of it and I'd break my routine and then I'd go back to my old lifestyle. And, you know, I, I did that for years, up and down, up and down, up and down. In fact, I spoke at every single, I think there were five, maybe six different sessions of Michael Hyatt's platform conference. So um, he did it twice a year for a couple of years. And then um, anyway, so I spoke at all of those. And so there were times when I got on stage and I weighed almost 300 pounds. And there were times when I got on stage where I weighed closer to 200 pounds. And it's crazy. So the, the events were like eight months apart from each other. And eight months earlier, I might have been 212, and then here I am now this time, and I'm you know, 285 oh, wow. or 270. Yeah. And, and it's just – it was crazy. And so uh, November 2014, 
Ken Davis, who was uh, um, Michael Hyatt's business partner at the time, he came to me and says, Cliff, I'd love to offer you something. I'd love to be your mentor. Now, Ken Davis is a Christian comedian. Uh, you could look him up. He, he, he's very well known. And he also had over 30 years of experience as a uh, some as training people how to do professional public speaking. And that was for me, of course, I told you I was getting ready to pursue this idea of, of major speaking. I, I'd been speaking at Michael's event. I wanted to eventually host my own conferences and all these other things. So I'm thinking, this is cool. He's going to mentor me in the in public speaking. That would be incredible to be mentored. But what he was talking about, he says, Cliff, I'd like to mentor you in the area of health and fitness. And then he told me about his journey. And I, at the time, he was like 69 years old. And that morning, we were in Colorado, so they're high elevation. And that morning, as a 69-year-old man, he had just uh, ran three and a half mount three and a half miles up a mountain and then back down and that at wow. 69 years old and here i was i walked up the steps and thought i was going to have a heart attack as a result of elevation sickness <laughs> so um i took him up on the offer he says listen if if you if you take me up on this offer i'm going to ask you to make a couple of commitments number one i want you to read my book called fully alive so you know my entire story and what motivates me and what inspires me the second commitment that I'll have you make is I want you to read a book called Younger Next Year. This is a book that's going to tell you about some of the biological processes of exercise and working out and why it's essential that you do this. Uh, the, that, will all, that book will also talk about the next thing, which is uh, you'll make a commitment to working out six days a week, every week, for the rest of your life. And then there was one other commitment. He said, in six months from now, in my hometown, there is going to be a triathlon in Nashville, Tennessee, and I want you to complete this triathlon with me. Now, at this, at, when he's asking me this, I'm at my heaviest. I'm almost 300 pounds. And six months from then, I'm supposed to be running, I'm supposed to do a triathlon with him. And, you know, the thing is, is I had already had this up and down journey. I'd, I'd already been fed up with everything. And I'm just like, man, what am I going to get this figured out? When am I going to figure this out? And so this seemed to me like just he he offered this at the perfect time. And what really was appealing to me is out of all of those things, there was one phrase for the rest of your life. And I, I like to put things out there. I, I'm the type of person that I like to make a commitment and, and, do, and do things that most people would think is impossible and then just prove to them that what you think is impossible is definitely possible. So it's working out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. That's really what got me excited. And then when I read the book uh, younger next year, and I understood what happens after 20 minutes of ec physical activity with your heart rate elevated to a minimum of 65% of your maximum heart rate, uh, um, your heart rate, all of a sudden it's like, you mean I could go and cure my body of cancer? I can improve my immune system and, and I could stop having bronchitis and upper respiratory disease, uh, upper respiratory infections twice a year? You mean I could literally change the physical makeup of the inside of my body. And by the way, I, what I'm talking about, I used to experience 
uh, the, the doctor diagnosed me with chronic bronchitis, saying that you're, you're just going to, this is something you'll have, you've had this twice a year, every year, sometimes more. Uh, so I spent about five months out of the year unable to do this. <sighs> five months out of the year, I could never breathe without coughing, without wheezing, without <laughs> like that. I mean, literally five months out of the year on average. And I in the this was November 2014. So how many years? That's over. That's over five years ago, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So for the past five years, I've had one upper respiratory infection, and I, it required no medication. When I actually got the upper respiratory infection, I went, to the, I went to the gym, and I literally kicked it out of my system. I said, listen, I, ain't nobody got time for upper respiratory infection. I went to the gym, and I, I had so much sweat. I had I blowing my nose like crazy and all this stuff, and and everything, and I just went to the gym and I said, listen, I'm going to kill this thing with these cytokines. I'm changing the blood chemistry inside. And I did that for two or three days straight, completely eliminated. I've, I've gone over five years without any physical illness whatsoever. That's amazing. So, so tell us more about the past the 20 minutes thing is when your body starts... You kind of just touched on it once after 20 yeah, minutes. They're called out. cytokines. So okay. cytokines. So there, the book talks about the fact that there are many different cytokines, but the book younger next year, I don't know the names of the authors. There are two authors though. So it's, it's a book called younger next year. And you'll see two different authors that are, that are cited as the authors of the book. One's a patient and one's a doctor. And they talk about this journey together. Anyway, cytokines are, are running through your blood at all times. Now, there are multiple different cytokines, but the book basically breaks it down to two different cytokines. He, calls one, he, get, he labels one set a C6 and one is a C12. And I can't, it's been too long since I've read the books to know which one's the good and which one's the bad. But here's what happens. At normal homeostasis throughout your life right now, uh, you know, if, if you're over the age of 30 and you're not at an elevated heart rate, then your body, your bloodstream, your blood is pumping through every single organ, every cell of your body is getting blood to it. And inside that, inside of that blood are the negative or the bad cytokines and that the bad cytokines are literally breaking down and destroying certain areas or cells within your body. So it's actually taking, I mean, and by the way, some, some organs require this. And one of the things that I remember reading in the book, there are some, there's at least one organ in your body, or there's one muscle in your body that is actually destroyed and, and made completely new. And I can't, gosh, it's been too long. Is it, I think every year, like every year, the, what what is currently in your body right now was it's not the same thing that was there last year. It's been torn down and and remade again. So, um, but what's going on is is as we're especially over after the age of thirty, certainly after the age of forty, and definitely it's big time serious issues after the age of fifty. These cytokines, if you are just by normal, are going through and just destroying you, tearing you apart, basically degrading your body down to nothing. However, 
what happens is if you get into a, an aerobic exercise, a cardiovascular workout, and you elevate your, you figure out what your maximum heart rate is, and you elevate your, your heart rate in physical activity for a minimum of 20 minutes at uh, 65% or higher of your maximum heart rate, then what happens is it's right about that time when you begin to really get on a good sweat or you're, you start, once you get there, your blood chemistry changes. You're, you go from the bad cytokines to now you've, you've flipped a switch and now you have the good cytokines. So I can't remember, like, again, I don't, I don't know if it's the C10s go to the C6s or the C6s go to the C10s or the C12s. It's been too many years since I read the book. But I do know this. The way that I envision this, I visualize this in my mind. When I get on a piece of cardiovascular equipment or when I go out for a bike ride and my heart rate gets up to, let's just say, 121 or 125 beats per minute or more for me, uh, then all of a sudden I know that after 20 minutes, it's like injecting myself with nanobots, like hundreds of thousands of nanobots that are programmed to go in and fix areas of my body. body that are actually improving my immune system, that actually go in and say, oh my gosh, there's cancer cells here. Let's eliminate that and get it out of the body. That is what I'm doing every day, six days a week, and have been doing for over five years. And it's ironically, after a couple, it was about a year and a half or two years of this, I had a medical doctor that I interviewed for one of my podcasts several years ago, and he he was he he had been following my journey, and I asked him some questions and stuff like that. And one of the things he says, Cliff, did you know that the average human, average person, has cancer at least two or three times within their lifetime, and it's never diagnosed and is never a problem? The chances are the average person may have cancerous cells in their body right now. And it doesn't matter because their immune system will find it, see it, eliminate it, unless you have a, a, a damaged immune system from all of the bad cytokines that are consistently working against you. And so if you, so what I, all of a sudden, once I, once I learned that this is happening inside of my body, I'm like, oh my gosh. Working out isn't a struggle. It's not a daily grind. Working out is like, oh my gosh, this is a gift for me. This is a gift to my body. Yeah. I get to actually have the, the, I get to actually become younger. And here's what I will tell you. If, if anybody wants to, you can go to mindset or go to, go to cliffravenscraft.com or mindsetanswerman.com. Either one. It's the same website. Then click on work with me. And on my work with me page, there's a little bit of a, a bio, and one of a, one of those things that says I work out six. I've worked out six days a week every week for the rest of my life. Lost over a hundred pounds, and there's a little link that says click here to see before and after photos, and just look at those. There's a bunch of photos of me when I weighed almost 300 pounds, and there's photos of what I look like today. And I can tell you right now, I the the photos of the before are from like. Five, ten years from ten, ten years ago, I look about twenty years younger today than I did then. 
I, I was curious about that 20 minutes because that's where I kind of hit my limit. So now that I know and understand that, that, that that's very, very helpful. Um, let's see what I have next. Uh, a couple of our standard questions. Um, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Uh, let's see here. I would say Tony Robbins definitely inspires me. Michael Hyatt inspires me. Dan Miller uh, inspires me. They, those are the people's names that I've already mentioned. I'd say those are the people who inspire me the most pretty consistently. That, that's that's great. Um, what situation, when you're being creative and trying to figure things out, what, what situ situations are best for that? Um, like consulting with Stephanie or, you know, digging into research or um, what helps you build that stuff out? I'm not, can, can you rephrase the question in a different way? Cause I, I'm not sure I, 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 well, the standard question I have, what situations are most creative for you? So is it like um, working with okay. Stephanie and that kind of stuff? So so here's here's what I'm going to say to that question is I feel like there's no situation where I'm not creative. So I'm creative 24-7 nonstop. I, I, I have a very strong belief that I was created by a creator and I was created in the image of a creator and therefore I've been given the gift of creation. So I believe that I'm creating all all day, every day without ceasing. So I'm I'm always creative. There's not a moment of my life that I'm not creative. In fact, here's what I will tell you. Back in the days when, let's just say before I, I developed some radical shifts in the way that I think and see the world and and and, and just I have this incredible way of, of just going after the things that I want in life. And so I get to create a lot of positive things. But the thing is before, back in the days when, remember I told you I, I really struggled the first year of my business. I had a lot of fear, anxiety, overwhelm, and all this other stuff. And I'd get really upset and angry when my website would go down for an hour. And I'm like, for that hour, my life seems to be overwhelming and blah, blah, blah. The, the thing is, is I was extremely creative during that time. The thing is, though, is in my mind, what I'm doing is I'm creating, creating a vision I was literally in that in let's just let's just take an example back in the day when I just launched a brand new product. I just sent out a bunch of messaging and podcast episodes. Go here, buy this. And then my website's down for an entire hour. Right. Right. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Now I'm so upset. I'm so angry. I'm so frustrated. And the reason why I'm so frustrated is because I'm I'm using my creativity too much. What I've done is I'm it's kind of like I'm a script writer for a movie. You know, I'm writing a script and I'm writing a horror story. And so what I've done is I'm telling myself, I'm creating this vision. Oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. All of that hard work has gone to nothing. I'm going to be homeless. My kids are, we're going to lose our house. We're going to be in massive amounts of debt. This is the end of the world. My life is over, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, woe is me. And, and so I was being creative. I was being extremely creative with my imagination. So I, I so whether the thing for me, when am I most creative? There's not a time that I'm not creative. So the question for me is, what am I doing with my gift of creativity? Am I using it for good or is I'm, am I using it for harm? 
And so my desire is to always be using my creativity for good, to serve me, to serve my family, to serve my community, to serve my clients, to serve my friends, to serve the world as a whole. That's probably the best answer I've heard to that question. That was great. That, that's awesome. Then even in those dark times, your creativity was boiling that, that far up. Um, I've got a series of bonus questions, and I guess we kind of touched on this one, sort of. What does creativity mean to you? I think you pretty much answered answered that. Um, well, I, I'd like to explain. I'd oh, like yeah. To, yeah, go I'd for love it. the chance to answer that one. I, I love What does creative creativity mean for me? So creativity means to create, and creating means taking something that does not exist and bringing it into existence. And if you, it, all we have to do, everything, wherever you go, my favorite Steve Jobs quote was uh, a 1984 interview that wasn't released until, or I never saw it until after he died. But he was sitting in this office and he says, you know what? He goes, one day I looked out, over, I was in a high rise apartment. I looked out over the city and I saw all of these big, huge, multi million dollar, hundred million dollar skyscrapers. I looked out at the everything that existed and it says, man, what what's exciting to me is that all of those things that exist that are that I am seeing was one day nothing more than a thought in the mind of someone else who was no smarter than I. That's awesome. Wow. I like that. Uh, the next bonus question is, who's your favorite Muppet? I don't have a favorite Muppet. You love them all, or you're just not a Muppet guy? Just not a Muppet guy. I I, I think I, if I had to remember, I think there's Fozzie and Kermit and Miss Piggy, Fonzo. I, it, I, I remember being somewhat mildly intrigued and entertained by them as a kid, but I, I couldn't describe any of them as a favorite. I think they all I think they're all a little basic for my tastes today. <laughs> all right. It's just a fun question I came up with. Um in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Me. Uh, explain that a little bit. I, why 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 why, why anybody we, else? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, why not me? I, I I would love to be in a movie and I'd love to play I'd love to play the role of me because it's an exciting role and 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 I think that I could probably do that <laughs> that role <laughs> justice more than anybody else. Well, I think it would be a gr great movie. You've inspired so much. You've overcome so much, and and you're you're so successful. I think it would be um, great. Now you started the Lost Podcast, so you're you know big into geeky stuff and movies and stuff like that. What are some of the things you're enjoying right now? Oh gosh, so much. I am uh, so I I just finished studying probably about uh 60 hours worth of study of clinical hypnotherapy. Uh, a friend of mine I met uh is a is a hypnotherapist and he sent me this out of print book called The Wizard Within, which is the Krasner method of clinical hypnotherapy and I read this entire book. I've got I, I you can see it here. I've got highlighted pages. I've pretty much highlighted more than 30% of the entire book. So I absolutely love this. And then I went into a bunch of other books about hypnotherapy. And I, what I love about hypnotherapy is hypnosis 
I I completely misunderstood what hypnosis was just based upon a couple of experiences or actually one real experience of going to a comedy club when I was in college and there was this comedian that did a stage act of hypnotherapy and stuff like that and I still see some stuff like that on YouTube and things like where they make the audience it makes some member of a volunteer from the audience they make them cluck like a chicken do embarrassing things and then they say you know they they like I didn't know I did that and and just to learn all of the stuff behind the scenes, the fact that all of those people who say they don't remember doing all that stuff, they absolutely do remember doing those things. <laughs> and just dispelling all of the myths related to hypnotherapy. And then what I what's really exciting to me is to learn that actually when you consider what – if you really understand what a trance state is, that here's – an, here's another one. I realized that the average human is in a trance state a minimum – of two to five times per day, every single day, absolutely, p completely hypnotized in a trance. And if you, if anybody's ever wanted, well, I don't know that I've ever been in a trance state. Yes, you have. So have you ever gone, have you ever driven to work the same way every single day, but then one day you're actually not going to work, <clears throat> but you're meant to go somewhere else and you find yourself actually getting on the, turning left on, to get on the expressway because that's what you always do. You are in a trance state. Have you ever gotten, have you ever left your house, gone somewhere that's, let's just say, 30, 45 minutes or even an hour away? And by the time you get there, you can't actually once recall 30 or 40% of the things, the decisions you made on the way there, the things that you passed, the things that were on the side of the road. You were hypnotized, you were in a trance state. And so when you learn that this this isn't some mysterious thing that's only for a select few mind manipulators, but you realize that you can understand how hypnosis works, how a trance state works, what the, what the critical cortex and the uh, prefrontal lobe does, and how if you can get yourself into a trance state and give yourself auto-suggestions, how you can actually use your auto-servo mechanism talked about in Dr. Maxwell Maltz's book, Psycho-Cybernetics, you can actually get yourself to do things you never dreamed possible before. So that's, that's just one little geeky thing that, I'm, that I've gotten into lately. Very cool. Wow, that that's awesome. Re, kind of reprogramming yourself a little bit. Um, it, it's it's the, quite literally. Literally that. It is literally reprogramming yourself. Um, Disney Plus that came out back in November. How was you and your family been um, ingesting that um, streaming service? Uh, you're you you broke up there. I I'm heard sorry. November and I heard streaming service. Oh, Disney Plus. Do, do you guys? Oh, have what about it? it? Have you guys got it? Oh yeah. What are your yeah thoughts on it? And um, I, let's see here. So Disney Plus. I think the only thing I've ever really watched on it is The Mandalorian. I watched a couple of documentaries on it, uh, and my kids probably watch more on Disney Plus than I do. It, I, so far. Um, I'm really excited. I'm excited about the Star Wars related stuff. So if they come up with the Obi-Wan off story, I'll, I'll watch all the Star Wars stuff that they come out on it. Very cool. They've got a documentary series coming out for the Mandalorian and comes out on May 4th. So yeah, 
I don't know that I'll watch the d documentary on the Mandalorian, but I will watch the next episodes of the Mandalorian. I did, and I did watch the Walt Disney story. So there's a documentary series on Walt Disney, and I like that just because, again, you you walk into Orlando, Florida, or you walk into Disneyland in Anaheim, or you walk into any of the other things. I just like all of that stuff that is there was all in one man's mind named Walt Disney. And I love, I love hearing his story. I love the idea of people who take a thought and then go and create something in this physical world that didn't exist before at the largest scale. I love that. Um, that's pretty much all I have question-wise. What, what would you like to share that we haven't covered or what, what's the message you have for people? Oh, you don't want to take me there uh, <laughs> unless you have a specific place. Because let me tell you, I, I've got over 5,000 hours I've already shared of my life online. <laughs> so so there's about 5,000 hours worth of content that hasn't come out in this conversation yet if you want to. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think I'm happy with the things that have been here. The one thing I would just say is that if you want, if, if anything that I've shared has been valuable to you, uh, if there's been any insight, anything that resonates with you, I'd encourage you to head over to mindsetanswerman.com slash free and check out the opening keynote address that I did for Free the Dream 2018. It's a pretty powerful talk. Uh, and at the top of the page, it says, give me 60 minutes and I'll, I'll teach you how to live the life of your dreams or something like that, which is a pretty bold claim. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, people that have gone through it, and it's been hundreds and hundreds, I think it's nearing a thousand people who've signed up for the free version of that. And there's a question that comes out several hours after you sign up. And I, I, it asks, did you get what you promised? And I, I've received several hundred people's testimonies of how their life is going to be radically different based upon that one hour talk. No, that's great. Well, uh, thank you for this conversation. Like I said at the beginning, you've been a podcasting inspiration to me. You know, I tried to start a few shows back in the day, but this is the one I landed with. I'm approaching 100, and uh, I just wanted to thank you for that. My pleasure, Dylan. It's been a pleasure. I've, I've You've been in the community here for, I think, over 12 years now, yeah. and so I appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on continuing to pursue your own dreams, your creative projects and endeavors, and I wish you continued success. Well, thank you, Cliff. Thanks for joining us, and everybody, we'll see you later. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>